Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me today to look back on a huge 1-0 win over Morecambe for Argyle is our football editor Chris Harrington. Hi Chris. Hello Stu. And sports writer Baron Cross. Hi Baron. Morning Stu. Well guys, as I say, um, a potentially massive win for Argyle. You start looking at the uh, league table now, only eight games to go. And Chris, an 11 point gap, it's, uh, it's looking pretty, pretty good for Argyle. Yeah, it was an important win and with the way the results went elsewhere on Saturday, it was even more important and... Uh, you know, you got to the closing stages of the game and of course you're aware of the results elsewhere and you thought this is one that Argyle have got to see through and they did and, you know, there's still some football to play and I'm not going to get the uh, the bunting out just yet but 11 point gap over fourth with eight games to go is, is you know, undoubtedly a great position to be in. What about you, Baron? Is the bunting hanging at your face <laughs> no, just yet? No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow Chris's lead and not get carried away but as he said, it, it did feel important on Saturday, I think. Derek Adams even cracked a smile sort of after the match. He's, I think he, he sort of is a fabulous three points he described it as, but given how well Morecambe have played away at some of the, the bigger sides in the division. So I think um, he made a point of saying that he felt the supporters were, were quite uh, jovial on Saturday because they were aware of the results and he wasn't. So I think, you know, Adams is never going to come out and say it's, it's done, but um, I think everybody's aware that it's looking better and better as the weeks go by and all they can do is keep winning, aren't they? Yeah, indeed. And Chris, we were just talking about the game there um, before we came on air. Uh, you said it could have been very much different, though, had this uh, incident in the in the first minute involving Luke McCormick turned out slightly differently. Well, well it was early in the game, and it's, it's one of my bees in my bonnet. Is <laughs> I think Argyle play too many back passes, unnecessary back passes, and put themselves under pressure, put Luke McCormick under pressure. And um, I bore Baron because he sits next to me in the press box at home games, and... Uh, it's one of my. I just wish I'd put it in row Z sometimes. Rather than put the goalkeeper under pressure and run the risk of something uh, dreadful happen, put it in row Z. You, you know, the opposition are never going to score from there. And there was one particular incident early on Saturday when the ball's played back to Luke McCormick. He was closed down by Paul Mullen. And it's one of those ones where the goalkeeper's got to take it past the striker inside the box. And it's a heart in the mouth moment. Um, all Argyle fans, I'm sure, remember one last year when Luke McCormick tried to do that with James Collins against Northampton in a big game at Home Park, and it went horribly wrong, and, and Collins scored with a simple chance. And Luke McCormick got past Mullen, and there was no no danger. But you know, if if the goalkeeper gets caught in that situation, and you're one 0 down at home to Morecambe, you know, early in the game, it's a bit early to be wincing, it, isn't it? it, it yeah, yeah it, it, it wasn't good. So, but it could have been so different. You know, if Morecambe scored, then they've got something to hang on to. It could have been a completely right. different game. Absolutely, you know, first first, you know, at any time in League Two, but particularly at this stage of the season, the first goal in any game is going to be massive because you know, if Argyle can get themselves into a lead, not every time, but I, I think. We'd all agree that if Argyle get in the lead, they're very good generally at seeing games out. Yeah, and uh, interesting to see on on Saturday. Obviously, only a one nil scoreline. It's normally very nervy times for supporters, Baron. But by all accounts, the Green Army really got behind the team, especially in those last ten minutes when Morecambe were perhaps on top. And uh, 
hope to see the team through. Yes, it was it was it was a nice moment. I think. I mean, it, the duration of it was what was what struck me. They just you obviously hear the odd song here and there, but they just kept going. Like, I, th- I believe it started in the Devonport, and it just built and built and built and easily for the best part of the final 10 minutes the singing did not stop it was green and white barmy army and in the end the Lindhurst and even the grandstand got involved and so when you've got three sides of a, of a, a 9,000 crowd going it really it really built and, and it felt quite special and I'm pleased that Derek Adams and David Fox noticed it and I think the, as long as the fans get that kind of feedback and they're told that they know it makes a difference then they're going to keep doing it and I think even the uh, the Argyle media team they noticed it as well and it, it did feel very special. I think because they, it was quite scrappy in the second half, and Argyle weren't weren't making it look easy, and, and we wouldn't have been too surprised if Morecambe had clinched an equaliser. So I think the fans almost noticed that, and because they knew how important those three points were, they just, they just got going and got right behind the team. Whereas a fortnight ago, they'd have been moans and groans about for the misplaced passes and the mistakes that were being made. So it was very special, and I think the players all really really felt the benefit. Yes. Yeah, David, David Fox mentioned it without prompting, didn't without he? Without prompting, in, in, you know, in, in, you know, here's someone who's played in the Premier League, played at you know a very high standard, and um, you know he said it, it did push them over the finish line, and you know, I can't say I was sat there panicking that Morecambe were going to score at any moment, but you know, all it takes is one slip, and Some and all piece, your like all that, your yeah. hard work yeah. can um, can go down the drain. So he he went out of his way to mention it, and yeah, I think. You know, whatever you think about what's gone on in the in the past this season, you know, Argyle are in a really good position, and they 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 do need the fans, home and away, to really uh, give them that final push. Indeed, and of course, the game was settled by a moment of brilliance once again from uh, from Graham Carey. He just keeps producing, doesn't he, Baron? Yeah, he dug another one out. Uh, Jim Bentley was full of praise for him. I think he he had singled out Carey Kennedy um, as as the, the big threats and. He said that they did all they could to try and keep him on his right foot throughout the game, but sometimes you can't compensate for quality like that. He just picks the ball up, takes a touch, I would say 25, 30 yards on the angle, and just absolutely smashes it in the far corner and Barry Roach was rooted. So that's the kind of quality that he's capable of. We saw it uh, the week before against Mansfield and we said exactly the same thing, that you, you play players like Kerry because he can win a match with a moment of brilliance, as he did on Saturday. And as we saw on a 1-0 scoreline, had he not put it in, who's to say Morecambe wouldn't have, have kept out Argyle for the full 90 minutes and it's a very different conversation we're having, but that's what he's there for, isn't it? Yeah, Those indeed. moments of magic. And interesting to see as well, Chris, that he's been named in the um, in the League 2 Team of the Year this Yeah, the EFL, two, this week. EFL League 2 Team of the Year, <laughs> if I can say it. Um, so yeah, he and Sonny Bradley have both made the team, which is a tremendous uh, recognition for their efforts this season. Um, so it's one of those ones where the, the EFL ask reporters like myself around the country to nominate our our best team. Um, I submitted my team, um, but I couldn't pick any other old players. You, you, the, the reporter for the club can't pick players, so I couldn't pick Carey and Bradley, although I would have done if I could have. Um, you know, so I think they're both uh, very worthy of their places in, in there. Um, so you know, well done to Graham Carey and Sonny Bradley on that recognition. I think you also should mention... Um, Kelvin Meller, the former Argyle left-back at Blackpool, who's got in that team as well, and that's a fantastic achievement by him. Uh, and just on Carey and his goal, that was his um, 25th goal for Argyle in, in just under two seasons. And I'm just doing a piece for the for online in the paper about uh, those goals and you know trying to pick my best five, the five best Grand Carey goals. And um, 
that's a good competition because there's, there's, really, there's some really good ones in there. some really good goals in there, and yeah, you know, he's 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 you know he's a match winner, a genuine match winner. I think it's thirteen goals and fourteen assists out of sixty six goals this season. So you know you can't argue with that. Yeah, interesting to see. Um, <laughs> after Saturday's win, we've had so many questions coming in, and they're all looking kind of very. Very much ahead to the optimistic. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the Green Army quite like it before. But um, yeah, we've got plenty to go through. But we'll start with one from David Manson, who makes a really good point, I think, actually. He said Jim Bentley rates Craig Tanner just below Graham Carey, which he agrees with. Yet on Saturday, he didn't even make the bench. Why are his obvious talents being continually ignored? I guess, Chris, it's just the case of the, the squad's so big right now. Well, one, it's a strong squad. I mean, the fact that Argyle could send Craig Tanner and three other first-team players down to St Blasey to play in a Peninsula League game and still have a strong 18 bench, you know, that's a good position for Argyle to be in. Craig Tanner's had a, had a good season for Argyle. He's come up with some important goals. Mm, I just yeah. feel that when he started games... He hasn't always contributed as much as, as he could have done. Um, and where's his best position and where's he going to get into the team at the moment? And is he going to get in ahead of Matt Kennedy? No. Is he going to get in ahead of Graham Carey? No. Jake Jervis on the right, you could quibble. Over, you know, you could have a, a debate about that. But I do think Jake does give you that drive forward. He can get you up the pitch. He's, he's got the physicality, the size... He tracks back well, um, and then is, Graham, is Tanner going to get in as the one striker up front? He, he's not. It's it's finding a position for Craig Tanner. I think basically at the moment he is an understudy to Graham um, Graham Carey. And if anything happened to Graham Carey, you wouldn't have a problem with sw- slotting Craig Tanner in there. But I think it just emphasises that Argyle have got that strength in depth now. That if somebody like Craig Tanner can't get in the eighteen. That's a, that's a good situation to be in. Not good for Craig Tanner, but good for Derek Adams. Of course, he's got time on his side, uh, uh, Berham. But um, what, what about playing as one of the two alongside David Fox in, in midfield? Is that a role potentially for, for Craig Tanner? Not for Tanner for me, no. I think I think alongside Fox. Um, Fox is certainly... Mis- Misakovic has played there and he's... Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Player, I, I think, think Sarsovic possibly offers a bit more physicality than Tanner. Um, I think uh, we, we tend to see the best from Fox when he has got a little bit of defensive cover around him which is why he and Songo played so well together earlier in the season. I think Sarsovic is still sort of finding a feet. I don't think he's excelled by any means alongside Fox. I think he's done okay and he's a good passer of the ball and he can keep the ball moving forward, but I don't think he's excelled. I don't think it's his best position. I think he's, his best position is where Carey's playing. Unfortunately for him, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, 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 wouldn't have put, I wouldn't put Tanner that deep. I think, like Chris says, he, can, he could play in any one of the three positions behind the sole striker, but unfortunately he's got sort of an expert in each of those in front of him. He's almost like a jack-of-all-trades and master yeah. of none. I think Interesting that, seeing that he's not even on the bench though, because you'd think if someone can play in well, those that, three roles, he would be. When, when we were told the, the, the team shortly before two o'clock on Saturday, when we spoke um, uh, to one of our BBC colleagues in the press box, I think what stood out straight away was: Is Craig Tanner injured? If he isn't, and that's quite a statement from Adams to leave him out of the eighteen, given that he's a, a lone e from a Championship club, and he's as Chris Wright says, Tanner has scored some important goals this yeah, season. It's very important. I guess as well though, it's important to keep Craig Tanner fit because if Kerry does yeah, get exactly injured, that's the point. Exactly the point Kerry made, wasn't it? And, and, and that is a fair point: is that if he's constantly sitting on the bench, that's not really going to do him any good. You know, he, he's he's played against some Blazy. Um, Argyle have got um, a game against uh, St Austell in the Peninsula League Cup semi-finals at Saltash United on Wednesday. Should be a good game that. Um, you wouldn't be at all surprised if, if Tanner and Garita and Bolvitas and Smith and Durrell and people like that could all play in that game. Mm. And then 
they would have had two games in a week. Yes, okay, against Peninsula League opposition, but the game against an Austin will be a, will be a good game. Mm-hmm. And then those players have got some game time under their belts, so that when Argyll go into the final eight games of the season, if injuries or suspensions crop up, then at least Craig yeah. Tan has got some minutes under his belt. Yeah, indeed. I wouldn't rule Craig Tan out of having an important part to play for no, Argyll this season. No, 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 he scored some important goals. And like Nathan Blissett when he came off of the bench against Wickham, when you get your chance coming off the bench, you've got to go on there and, and make your mark. It might even be a case of Derek Adams rotating those subs as well, as yeah. you say, just to get them game time. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah. be interesting to see what happens in the future with that one. Um, as we say, though, the Green Army looking or thinking very optimistically right now and uh, looking ahead to next season already. Stuart Holmes, do you believe our goal can clinch top three? Chris? They can. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely can. Will they? You know, I'm not going to put my life savings on it, but, you know, uh, I'm always naturally cautious. I suppose that's all the years I've watched Argyle, and long-standing Argyle supporters would probably know what I mean. But, you know, if you'd said to me at the start of the season after, what, 14 new signings, two loan signings and all that, that we'd be sat with eight games to go, 11 points clear of fourth place, that's, you know, that is a great position to be in. Yes, they've got to go to Doncaster away, Portsmouth away, they're going to be very difficult games, but... You know, I think what's encouraging is um, you know they lost the Blackpool three 0 at home park, and the, the 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 wheels could have come off after that. You know that was a shocking mm. shocking night, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it, Barry? Yeah. And you know if you'd said to people after that Blackpool game that Argyle would win two 0 at Mansfield, who were going for the playoffs, draw come from behind and draw one one at Wickham, who were going for the playoffs, and then win one 0 at home to Morecambe, who have drawn away from home against Doncaster, Carlisle, and Portsmouth. Seven points from those three games. That that really has steadied the ship, and it should give them the final push to get over the finish line. Yeah, indeed. Um, that was me sitting on the fence, basically. <laughs> but, but you know, they're in a great position. Yeah, Baron, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's looking pretty good now, isn't it? I think, like Chris says, I think they can clinch top three. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you don't want to say the wrong thing, do you, and get carried away? But it's looking very, very good. I think Sunday will be interesting. I I mean. My optimistic self wants to say go and beat Doncaster and, let, and let's see how if they go for the league. But it's, uh, but it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? If if they were to yeah. beat Doncaster, and the question of do you want to win the title comes into their minds, is that going to be too much pressure? I mean, that's a different kind of pressure, and you wonder how those players would react to that if if they were to close the gap on Doncaster. So that, that'd be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, well, we'll come on to the Doncaster game in a minute because I think it is quite an interesting topic that you mm. raised there. Um, Dave, I don't know what your surname is, Dave, but you sent a question in. If promotion is achieved, what will the admission prices be next season? And will season ticket holders be rewarded? I guess, really, that's just one for the future, isn't it, Chris? We, uh, we don't know ourselves it's, just yet. It, so. it, it, it's, it depends what league they're in, obviously. you know, If, if they're promoted, it, it wouldn't be a shock if admission prices went up. You know, mm-hmm. If you're playing at a higher level, yeah. um, you wouldn't be totally surprised if the club said, well, you've got to play a little bit more. Will season ticket holders be rewarded? I'm sure they will be. I think season ticket holders get effectively six free games a season, you know, for for their money. So and and it's just worth pointing out, you know, you look at the Liverpool FA Cup ties and, and yeah, stuff like that this season. Point, yeah. Is that if you're a season ticket holder, you could be fairly relaxed knowing you get tickets for those games. If yeah. you're not a season ticket holder, and we get um, you know Chelsea in the FA Cup go around next season, you know, then you're, you're taking your chances. Indeed. Uh, Morgan Lewis, if Argyle go up this season, do you think the current squad would be strong enough to keep Argyle in League One? Good question. Uh, we had it last week on the web chat, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think Chris made a good point. Oscar Threlkeld certainly stands out as one name. Um, 
off the top of my Ke- head. Kerry's another, of course, but it's a case Ke- of really signing Kerry's one that we'll probably keep talking about now until until next August, um, depending on what his future is going to be. I think he, would, he, if he wanted to stay, he clearly would would cope in League One. I think Ryan Taylor, I think would cope. I know Oxford didn't de- deemed him surplus to requirements, but given how he's performed, I think he could do a job in. If Derek Adams wants to continue with his style of play, I think Taylor suits yeah. suits Adams' style very, very well. But throw goes the other one that jumps out. I think Luke McCormick would be absolutely fine in League One. David Fox, of course, providing you know, his fitness remains as it is. He's done very well at League Two and he looks like his legs aren't anywhere near to going. Matty Kennedy, unfortunately, will go back to Cardiff, uh, I'm sure. Which you'll be gutted about. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Of the ones that started on Saturday, Jervis could probably do a job up there if he can improve on his consistency. Uh, I certainly, if if they got up, I can't. Providing contract issues weren't a problem and the players wanted to stay, I can't see Adams having any reason to to make mass changes. I mean, I think if they get promoted, they deserve a chance to prove themselves, don't they? What about the two centre halves? I mean, we know about their quality and our good defensive record's very good. good question, Are they quick yeah. enough for, for League One? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to try and find that one out, wouldn't you? You know, they're they're, mm. they're definitely. Good centre backs in uh, League Two, step up. Yeah, that could be an issue. But um, looking at the teams that went up last season will give you encouragement because if you look at um, uh, now, I'm going to try and remember them: Northampton, Oxford, Bristol Rovers, and AFC Wimbledon. They're all comfortably in mid-table in League One. None of them are. I think that Bristol are Bristol, good Bristol, 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 yeah. Bristol are eighth, I think. And uh, but they're they're in that sort of. None of them are going to get relegated, and they've all stayed up fairly comfortably. Without but then you see teams without, like Rochdale that have gone up before, and they've yeah. kind of gone on again, mm. and again they're challenging for promotion. Yeah, this I, season. I just think you know, if if Argyle did go up, I think there's enough in the squad, you know, without having to rebuild it completely, that they could survive at the next level. But let's have that conversation <laughs> uh, um, after the Grimsby away game, and we're all coming down to earth after a promotion party. Well, that, that slightly takes us away. Matt, Matt Mitchell is asking, who would you keep for League One football? I mean, would you make too many changes to, to the current squad? Well, there's, there's obviously need to, is there? I think a lot of them would. Again, it depends on, on contract situations because the club aren't particularly clear in who signed what yeah. in terms of length of contract. Um, you know, if you get promoted, you know, you should try and give people a chance to prove that they can play at a higher level. I'm sure Derek Adams would look to do that. You would need to change the squad a little bit and add to it in certain places, but... Um, Again, um, I'm going to sort of say, let's get there first and then we can worry about that one a little bit. Yeah, OK. Then um, interesting comments in the last week or two from Gareth Ainsworth and Steve Evans, who've both picked up on the size of Argyle's budget. They're both claiming that Argyle have got a, a huge budget in League Two and where they are right now is exactly where they should be. Steve Evans is claiming he, should, he would have got Argyle promoted, of course, had he had the budget <laughs> and uh, was in charge last season. Where do you guys stand? Do you think, you know, in terms of, Everybody else in League Two. Do you think Argyle got one of the biggest budgets, or uh, no? I mean, Derek Adams. Uh, I asked him about this last week, and what happens is at the end of a, a season, I think it's at the chairman's meeting in Portugal. The figures are, are there so that the clubs can see how their budget ranks with others. And Derek Adams said that last season Argyle had the tenth biggest budget in League Two, and and people often have scratched their heads during Derek Adams' time when he said we're punching above our weight. And they said, well, how can we be punching above our weight? We get the second biggest crowds in the, in the league. But I think when he's referring to punching above his weight, above their weight, he's talking about the budget. So he, he said that they were 10th last season. Now, I've got no way of proving or disproving that because the figures aren't readily available. But, um, but that's what he claimed. And I, I don't doubt him for a minute. And, you know, this season he said it's changed a little bit, i.e. gone up, but not massively. 
So I would suspect that Argyle are in the top third of the League Two, um, but I would think that um, there's, you know, four or five teams that have probably got a bigger budget than Argyle, and I think Steve Evans calling it a huge budget. I think it's pushing it a bit because I think Mansfield were trying to sign somebody for three hundred grand, weren't they, in the January transfer yes, window? Yes. Was it Ollie Watkins? Yeah, Exeter, Ollie wasn't Watkins, it? That's right. And um, you know, Argyle signed Nathan Blissett from Torquay for fifteen grand. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think you know there was. Um, it would be interesting to know because I mean, obviously, you know, Derek did bring a few players in in January, and you look at the quality of player that he brought in, and you thought, well, you'd imagine that they wouldn't come cheap. I mean, Sarkovic is a renowned quality League Two player mm. who so, was out of work at the time. That's true. You yeah. know, um, yeah, it, it, I think he, he he strengthened well. You know, you know, a couple of players went out, didn't they? They got Ben Parrington. You know, they sold him and things like that. So, yeah, I, I would suspect they're in the top third, but but I don't think. Really, you know, sensibly, I don't think you could possibly call it a big or huge budget. Yeah, I'd agree with, agree with everything Chris said. We, we simply don't know. You know, we don't have the figures, so we can't say for ourselves. But Derek said that there's been very little change to last Ooh. season's budget. He said he's had none of the Liverpool money to actually go towards his playing budget. So I, w- I wouldn't say it's huge. No, not at all. And um, I think because of the changes in January, certainly money's been moved around a little bit. I would imagine Dave Goodwill he was on fairly handsome money. Yes. So. Yeah. That's probably been sort of spread out amongst the new lads, you would think. And I get the feeling as well, as you say, they haven't spent any of the Liverpool money, and it, it does kind of feel like they are maybe keeping something back for next season. So if they do win promotion, then they can have a real crack. Was Martin Stan said they're going to spend it on Harps Park? They're going to they're going to do some upgrades, more upgrades on there. Yeah. Um, they've obviously got bits and pieces they need to do around the grandstand. Um, but they'll be if they haven't done it already, they'll be soon sitting down and working out a budget for next season for League One and for League Two. No, Derek, he'll have, a, and, he'll have a list, won't he? And, and, for League yeah, One, and, and absolutely. And, and it's and, worth saying as well, of course, they've now addressed the debt, so that's out of the way. Yes, yeah. You know, any mo- money that Argyle make is entirely. You'd like to think that they spend it, it. You'd like to think if they go up into League One with with the the sales of players and the sell on clauses, mm-hmm. you know, the Conor Hurrahans and all that yeah. sort of stuff, and the money they make from Liverpool that. The budget for League One should be a, a decent one. The, the the tricky task is just making sure they get there. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so finally then, guys, as we say, a massive match for Argyle on Sunday. Sunday, of course, live on Sky Sports with the 2.45 kick-off. Um, Baron, I thought you made a cracking point earlier on. It's now... Argyle got to choose now. Do they go for the title or? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you would you would say um, at the outset of the season, everybody obviously wants to just get top three, get that done, don't care about anything else. Of course, you want your team to finish as high as possible in the league, and if you have the chance of winning the league without putting your promotion credentials at risk, then by all means, you would take the title, wouldn't you? So, Adams is not going to go into a match looking to draw or lose it. So let's say they go and win on Sunday, they close that gap a little bit to Doncaster. Maybe Doncaster have another wobble in the next fortnight somewhere and Argyle keep winning, then it is an interesting dynamic. And suddenly they go from being quite confident about making the top three to sort of maybe worrying a little bit about winning the title and maybe the pressure that brings. So you, you would you would hope, well, it's interesting at least, see what that dynamic would bring and, and sort of how the players would respond to the possibility of lifting a trophy. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yes. it's great to be in this stage of the season, second versus first, isn't it, in the table, top of the table. Big game, isn't it? Big game. Well, because Doncaster haven't lost at home yet this season, they're, they're so that's another incentive. I think they've gone a hard. year, haven't they? Um, <coughs> Argyle beat Doncaster 2 at home park, but you know Doncaster were good that day, mm-hmm. and, and with better finishing, they, they it could have been another way around. But 
you know, Argyle, you know, you can't write Argyle off away from home. You know, they've had some fantastic records. If they were win, to win at Doncaster, that would equal a club record for the most away league wins in the season. It'd be their 12th in the, in the season. They, they've got a great knack of grinding out results. You know, did they play brilliantly at Mansfield and Wickham in the last couple of away games? No, not brilliantly, but they did more than enough to pick up four points against, you know, two decent teams. So, um, you know, Doncaster will be the favourites, of course they will. They're unbeaten at home in a year. I mean, that's that's an incredible record, isn't it? Particularly in a division as unpredictable as League yeah. Two. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to not gonna rule Argyle out of getting at least the draw up at, uh, at Doncaster. And if they can just keep the momentum going... You know, take them into April, and then you know we really are in the final running. Then and it's, it's you, you, and you have to say Argyle do turn up for the big games. They yeah. do. I mean, Wembley aside, last season they've turned up for a lot of these big games, these televised games. They've got a very good record against the top seven sides. You have to, you'd have to give them a real good chance on Sue, like Chris, especially away from home. And Adams would love it if he could get one over <laughs> on Ferguson. Indeed, and of course, best home record against the best away record. Yeah, or, you know, one of the best. Sky have Sky have chosen well. Yeah. You can see why yeah. they've picked yeah. it, can't you? Yeah. Indeed. Well, guys, that's it for. Thanks very much for joining me on the uh, show. That's uh, this week. That's it from us. Uh, many thanks to all of you out there for your questions. We'll be back again same time next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.